Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Please shut off your cell phones. Please put your hands together for your host, Cameron Esposito. Oh, guys, uh, a little bit more for me, I think, actually. Now that I think about it. So good to see you. I'm Cameron Esposito. Welcome to the UCB uh, Theater. I don't know why, for some reason... We'll try it again. Welcome to the UCB Theater on a Tuesday night. You guys all look great. You're wearing your workout outfits. I like that. You ran right over here. Yeah, what's, what's up with you? How are you guys? What's going on with your... Uh, your track, your track jackets. You're on a, you're on a team. You're do, you did a work promotion today. You promote, you got promoted at work, so you went home, put on your workout outfit, and came straight to the UCB theater. I like everything that you're uh, doing, sir. What was your, what's your job? You're underwriters, and now are you overwriters? Hello. Okay, not a bad one. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'm not saying that it was perfect, but it was okay. Um, you're underwriters. Does that mean you give money to things? What does that mean? Or are you literally writers, but underneath other writers? Like in a physical way? Yeah. That's a tough job. Some people call that chairs. I'm nailing the shit out of this already. Just nailing it. Uh, congratulations. What was your job before? Like, what was... Give me the full job title. Um, we were assistant you were assistant secretaries, <laughs> and now you are underwriters. Okay. <laughs> Look at these guys moving up in the world of that. Might have assistant secretaries, but look at you do well. No, also here's what I want to say about you guys. You went from assistant secretary right through secretary to a fake job. So clearly you're very talented. Because that's not even, they just created a new, you're president of what? Of your desk. You're now president of your desk. Keep doing what you're doing. Those secretaries must have been pissed. We were next in line for underwriting. You know, it's very house of cards. Okay. Who's watching it? It's a very topical joke. I finished it today. It's, uh, it was a real quick journey. So... Um, all right. Well, that's well. Thank you for coming to the show, and welcome to those people who want they won their uh, jobs today. They they uh, completed their businesses, and we're happy that they're here and they have their best clothes on. We're happy about that. It's nice to see them. You know what's happening this week, and I'm uh, I'm pretty riled up about it. Is uh, the Pope is resigning uh, in two days on uh, on February 28th. That is yeah. We sure whatever. I mean, however you feel about it. Uh, there's a couple claps. <laughs> You guys are pretty pro the current Pope, huh? Tough. You're like, don't uh, joke about that, Cameron. We're at a hip underground theater. We're clearly Catholics. <laughs> pretty devout Catholics. First time in six in six hundred years that that's happening. Uh, Dan Saint Germain was on the show recently. He was talking about it a little bit because he was on the show the day that it was announced. I was I was raised Catholic, and um, I also I went to like I went to Catholic uh, grammar school and high school and college, and I just like was on a little bit of a trajectory. 
I guess I was thinking today about um, about uh, why this is upsetting me so much. Like, why I even still care about this guy. Because I'm, I'm an atheist, and I also think that the Catholic Church... Well, I think it's a terrible organization. Because they could do so much... Okay, yeah. That was a little more popular. So you were just... you didn't. I didn't go far enough. Because when I said Pope resigns, you guys were like, she still cares about the Pope! And then now I was like, fuck that guy! And you were like, literally! And I was like, no, I, that's... He's old. Um... Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I think it's a terrible organization... Uh, because they could do so much good. They're so, they're so wealthy, they own so much land, they have so much influence in so many parts of the world, and then they choose to, uh, to, to parcel out lies, uh, lying to yourself. I think that's specifically what they peddle in, uh, lying to yourself. Um, for instance, like, that's a church, that's, a, that's a, a, a teaching body that believes that like, AIDS may or may not be prevented by condoms. Like, you, it, we can't, there's no way to know. Which is a lie that you can tell yourself right before not using a condom, right? Like, it's a, you just have faith. Like, that's what you're supposed to have faith. But faith is lie. Like, faith is, you're supposed to also, like, it's a lie uh, that anybody, anybody uh, could have, like, a completely fulfilled life when they are celibate and they spend their time only with other celibate people. Sexuality is a normal and uh, very important part of our human condition. And to, so to just be like, no, 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 you guys are all eating food, but us, we're not. Like, something terrible is going to happen. That's the root of cannibalism. Don't you remember what happened to the Donner Party? That's what priests are. They're like, we have to do something! And women are a vessel. I, I, uh... What could I possibly be a vessel for? I'm not a vessel. I am a ship with my own mast. And it is strong. But I think the biggest one is, uh, I think, you know, growing up as a gay person, um... I really didn't, I didn't, I lied to myself for so long because I didn't think that that was a thing that you could be. I mean, I spent 20 years of my life just being like, everybody feels this way. Everybody like really wants to, and like, they just want to hang out with their friends. Just really want to hang out with their friends and they have boyfriends, but they don't care about them. <laughs> I went to this Catholic university uh, where it was very hip and cool to be like social minded, like socially aware, to be like progress. Like it was, there was, we even had a word for it. It was social justicey. It was cool to be social justicey. Like if you, like the cooler you were, like the more safety pins were holding together your like Jansport backpack that was filled with like flyers about fair trade, whatever. You know, just like, but it's a very expensive university. So like one of the hippest things to do while you were there was to go during spring break and like spend time in solidarity with the poor. You know, just like really look into their eyes and then go back to the Catholic university that your parents were paying for. Just like it was really nice of us, you know what I mean? Like, because we could have done anything, you know. It was like shops for all of these poor people, you know. It was like that. <laughs> like, what an insult! I mean, we weren't we weren't engineers. We didn't have skills. We just went down to different uh, countries and just were like, guys. Honestly, it's like we 
just relating to you, I think, is pretty much enough for you. <laughs> I went to inner city Kingston, Jamaica. And, uh, well, at this time in my life, I was also dating uh, two different men, uh, <laughs> casually. I was dating this one tall drink of water, real skinny, in great shape, a lot of, lot of running shorts and running around campus. He was a, you guys ever met uh, somebody who would be more relaxed on cocaine? Like, you're like, I think that would be a step down. It was just like, life was his keg stand and nobody had to hold his feet. Like, he was crazy. He was always having a party with himself and you. I was dating that dude. Then I was also dating, like, this, the most relaxed dude on campus, like a super relaxed, chill guy. Um, he had, like, a long... He had, like, a beard and long hair, and he, and he used to wear, like, a white sheet and, like, a rope belt to parties. <laughs> but facially, he looked like Elvis Presley. He looked like Jesus slash Elvis, the king of kings. So I was dating those two gentlemen, and I went down to Kingston, Jamaica, and we spent this one day, this group of people that I went with my, with my college, we went down and we spent one day in like a shanty town where it was just like, there were just like rivers of Mountain Dew and people were f- fishing for like terrible, like just like, oh, we caught, like there's a goat next to a, like a corrugated tin roof restaurant that was just like, today's special goat, and it was just like pointing to the goat that's like, hello. <laughs> it was legit, is my point. Um, and the day I got back from that trip to Jamaica, I realized I had met this, this woman that was from my university as well. We, like, really hit it off. I didn't know this at the time, but she was just my type. Anyway, we got back to campus, and we split a bottle of Yellowtail, the big kind. And, uh, we were just hanging out, talking to each other. She said something really sexy, like, probably about poverty or whatever. Like, just, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. And I just leaned in, and I kissed her. And I will tell you, in that one moment, it was as if, like... I was the guy in Memento looking down and just realizing what my tattoos meant. It was like I was uh, Joaquin Phoenix just like swinging away. Like it was a one move uh, Rubik's Cube solved to my little gay body. Because I just looked back at my entire life like, oh, got it. This is it. Got it. Because it was like electric and perfect. And I remember thinking like, well, this is it. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this woman. This is perfect. And I went to bed that night just feeling like, oh, finally, like something that makes sense. And then I woke up the next morning and I, and I wanted to call her and just say like, let's do, you know, like, let's make it happen. Um, but first the, I was like, I feel, you know, I feel different. I feel adult. And I also feel uh, itchy in my face. And I, and I reached up and I touched my, I had a perfect, what I didn't know at the time is I had, I had contracted facial ringworm. It's a fungus, and it grows in a perfect circle wherever it grows. It was on my face. I'll tell you, if you want to mess with, like, a really Catholic kid, the day after she's kissed a woman for the first time, make sure she's seen the movie The Exorcist, and then have her wake up with a, with a perfect circle, her own body rejecting itself in an O, probably for ovaries. You know, I, I had to call, uh, I had to cl- uh, actually call three people. It's very contagious. I had to call those two gentlemen I was dating. I had, I had to call th- that woman. I had to say, hey, you know, you might have a uh, ringworm, but, you know, uh, cheers. Um, it's okay, though. There is a happy ending to that story. That, that girl, she ended up being my first girlfriend. We dated for three and a half years. It was, it was a really great relationship. And those guys, I only dated them for, like, another year and a half. So <laughs> figured it right out. <laughs> You guys, you've been an amazing audience so far, and you have no idea how great this show is going to be. Our first performer, he isn't from New York. We're so happy he's here. Let's hear it right now for Mr. Mike Kaplan, guys. Give it up for Mike. (laughs) 
thank you. Thank you, everybody. I got that, I got that curtain open real quick, in case anybody asks. This is also being recorded for a podcast. So if they're listening, real quick curtain job. If they're listening, they're listening. I mean, they're not right now listening. It's only if I decide after this set, however well it goes, that they get to listen. But if they're listening, then they're listening. So far, they're not listening. (laughs) Folks, a thing I've never said to people, but only say because Paula Tompkins is here. What is a folk? Is it a person? Is it a parent? My folks. If it was, you don't say it about your kids. Oh, I just, my wife just spat out a folk. How did she have the folk? Natural or cesarean folk style? What did she listen to while it was happening? Folk music? That's, what would that mean? The music of folks. Is that not all music then? I love punk folk music, you know? My grandmother enjoys only folk music with zero drums. If there are drums, that is not music. That is uh, folk noise to my grandmother. How much of this set will be about the word folk? That much. That much indeed. Uh, So... If, uh, if I, I choose to not have this be a part of the podcast, I will be interviewed backstage, and the questions that ask will include, why did you decide not to have this be part of the podcast? And I will say, because I chose to talk about this interview instead of doing a set. <laughs> well, now it is very confusing. Uh, I, I'm going to do a combination next of uh, crowd work, Impression, mentalism, (laughs) crowd work, impression, mentalism, and ventriloquism. Okay. Miss, what is your name? Sounded just like her, didn't it? (laughs) She said her name was, I said her name was Tanya. I threw it into her voice with her own voice. Figured out what it was. And also, I asked her a question. That's crowd work. So, oh, I appreciate it. I, oh, thank you very much. Technically, that was not... I mean, crowd work has to be done on more than one person. One is not even company. Two is that. Three people is crowd work. So, sir, what is your favorite animal? That sounded like you don't know. Sir, favorite animal? Wolf. He just took yours and upped it. He's like, I know dog is wrong. (laughs) Anything but dog will surely be better. Let me just do a super dog. A wolf, a lone wolf, or running with a wolf pack. Those two things don't go together. What is the wolf? The wolf is an enigma. (laughs) 
Wolf, do you hang out with friends? Sometimes, says the wolf. Are we hanging out together, says the wolf? We are friends. I don't usually let people interview me, says the wolf. Normally, I just tell people that I'm in pain. The moon hurts my eyes. Ow! Most people don't know that that's what the wolf means. Sir, favorite animal. Hawk had a much more time to think about it. Way better choice. Eagle eye, eagle brain. Eagle brain sounds good. Bird brain, much more general, but including the eagle brain, sounds less good. Bird brain. What kind of bird? Eagle. Thank you. I, uh, if, if somebody had to ask me what my favorite animal was, I would say human, uh, because we are in charge uh, of all of the animals. They all lose, according to us. Okay. Uh, in conclusion, this set will be in the podcast. You're welcome. Uh, I, my very, very first joke I ever told, I went up to, I would go up to kids at 12 years old, tell each kid one at a time, I would say, what, uh, I would say, somebody called you an owl. And then the funny part would be when they were like, who, who? And then, uh, do you guys understand it's a 12-year-old joke? So, uh, who, I would laugh in their face, they would punch me in mine, joke over, right? And one time it backfired because the kid didn't answer right. He was like, I was like, well, somebody called you an owl. And he's like, why? Is it because of the way I laugh? <laughs> then his head spun around and he ate a mouse. So, uh, weird true story. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy life until death. Guys, Mike Kaplan. Hilarious. Hey, we have so much good show that I'm going to keep it right on rolling. This next comic, you, uh, you might know him from the hit television show, Kids in the Hall. I'm very, very excited that he's on the show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it. Mr. Bruce McCullough. Please let him hear it. Hi. Hi. Hi, Bruce. Uh, Bruce McCullough. Check. Very, One, yes. two, three, four. Yeah, you sound good. <clears throat> Thank you. Probably. Um, well, first of all, I'm such a... You did so much. I think probably everybody in this room right now watched your show. I know that I did very frequently and often, so thank you for making it. Well, it was I'm, a great show. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and what are you working on right now? I know you said you're prepping for like a one-man show. Yeah, I've just, I, I don't re- usually do stand-up. I just started doing it a couple times because I'm going to do a show in Toronto. Yeah. With, uh, I've, done, I've done theater shows in my long, long life like yeah. with a musician. We do sort of weird things. I sort of more beat poetry and I read some things. So I'm getting ready for that, so it's good to feel what it's like so to, the show that's on March 11th yeah. in Toronto that is a stand-up show or it is a more of a it's the musician in, in and me yeah and yeah. it's kind of a theater beat sort of weird like a show. review of like a sort yes yeah, so beat poetry <laughs> review as it were how does it feel starting your working it out in stand-up rooms it's weird as somebody who's not well, a stand-up it's always weird you know I, I used to do stand-up before I started the kids in the hall and that was sort of like when I was when stand-up was first breaking, you know, in the '80s, and I was late '80s, and I was like making hundred dollars a night to go to Ottawa. Was Sounds amazing. like you were killing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hundred dollars a night. And then when I think when the when the show started to air, it wasn't as fun to do stand-up because people knew me or something. So I had to. It took a long time to get back, to get back to. Um, they go, oh, there's that guy from that show. 
what is he going to do now or something? Oh, sure. Like almost a weird level of expectation yeah, that and you I, felt like you couldn't And like, I used be... to do a weird thing. So it was like you wouldn't understand who I'm, who is that guy. That's so weird what he's saying. But if you know me, maybe it's different. I don't know. It's, you used to do a weird thing on stage, you mean? Yeah, or like yeah I think so. I think, no, no. No. That is weird yeah, in and of yeah, itself, yeah. but in a fantastic way. Yeah. No, you used to do a weird thing, and so you felt like people were expecting something different from you? Yeah, that I'd be more of a showman or nicer or something. <laughs> or, or something. <laughs> but you're like a terrible... Terrible stand like, oh, It sounds like no. I was a terrible No, it stand-up. doesn't. I was going to say you're a terrible cunt. Yeah. But that's not... I, yeah, which you're not... Yeah. yeah, we say that only... Around my house, we say carrot. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's It starts nice. with C, <laughs> and it ends with T, and it's not carrot. That's yeah. what my wife and I That's say. great. Yeah. Guys, Bruce McCullough. Let's hear it for Bruce. I love that he said, I am done. I'm gonna, That's a commanding move, and I'm very... I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to add that to, I'm done with that. I'm done with you. I am done. That was beautiful. Guys, we have, I'm, I'm so excited about this next comic. She is somebody I've known for a long time. We started in Chicago together. Pretty much the only two gals doing comedy in Chicago, doing stand-up in Chicago when we started. And now she's here in L.A. She's been here for a couple years, and she's already been in Conan. She's got a great album out on Rooftop uh, Comedy Records called Sweet Beth, and I'm so happy she's here tonight. I know you're going to, since she's a personal friend of mine, I know you're going to welcome her heartily. Am I right? Yeah. So guys, please, round of applause for Ms. Beth Stelling. Give it up for Beth. Thank you. It was, it was heartily, and I appreciate it. Thank you. I, um, it's good to be here. I've been traveling around the country telling jokes and drinking beers, so I have no idea how many kids I have out there. (laughs) (laughs) I am currently in a long-distance relationship, um, so as you can imagine, I am constantly uh, looking for a new relationship. Not really. I do fantasize a lot about strangers. So. <laughs> Got it. Um, I love my boyfriend a lot, um, so much that I decided to go out and get his name tattooed on my back. And now most of you guys are saying, whoops-a-daisy. And, um, and I've seen Benjamin Button. I know things end. Uh, but... <laughs> A friend of mine was like, Beth, this is the worst mistake of your life. You know, like, what if you sleep with somebody else? And I'm like, point taken. You know, if I am sleeping with somebody else um, from behind and, uh, and they see that tattoo, I can just look back at them and be like, hey, this is the kind of commitment you can expect from me. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> It's also not like bubble letters and hearts and balloons and stuff like that. It's just his signature, so. It's really more of like a lease, I feel like. <laughs> my, uh, my general look is disheveled. You know, that's my thing. And I usually spend more time covering up not showering than it would take to just shower. <laughs> Uh, I do, however, know who I look like. Uh, I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard, and a bum said, hey, 
can I get some change? And I said, no. And then as I was walking away from that person, she goes, hey, do you know who you remind me of? And I said, Gina from Martin. And she goes, damn. <laughs> Stop trying to figure it out. I'm a white Tisha Campbell, okay? <laughs> now, you guys, let it soak it in. Soak it in. Uh, I'm sure you're wondering what I look like naked right now. And um, if you close your eyes, I'll wait. So it's, and just imagine a nude painting, you know, from the 1630s with my, with my head on it, okay? Buttermilk skin, curves, a lot of grapes. So I ate a lot of grapes. Um, I could eat healthier. I could. I usually find myself walking to CVS uh, for dinner. I, I love sweets. You know what I mean? Like chocolate, cookies, candy. People call me Sweet Beth. So it's just one little thing. <laughs> one person calls me that. So it was me. I just did it. Um, when you check out at a CVS, there's like tons of lady mags up front of the checkout. It's an abbreviation for lady magazines. <laughs> and no matter what time of year it is, they'll always say something like, get your bod bikini ready, in that voice. And I just, I just slide those Hostess cupcakes right over the counter. And I'm like, they can settle for being tankini with some ruffles. <laughs> ready. <laughs> do that. Also, I'm an extra care card member. Is anybody? It's very exclusive. So um, there's only about three of us here. And when we swipe our little red cards, millions of coupons print out. Okay? And there is always one in there that says something like, $1 off, your next $1,000 purchase expires tomorrow. And you're like, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> I hate this place. I will find one on my way home tonight, a 24-hour one. And I'll get a pint of ice cream, some blank DVDs, hair ties. They have a huge vitamin selection. <laughs> There's always Sour Patch Watermelon Slices on sale, two for $3. Okay, those are my favorite. Hop over to the Bubbles mailers. Just stick them in there, send them to myself. Treat for later. Am I dreaming? Okay. <laughs> um, I started biking, which was nice for me. Helped me lose a little bit of weight which is good, because uh, I was getting real tired of people just getting a boner for my personality. So, um, when I moved here, I thought, yes, I can totally bike here in L.A. until I realized that you guys hate that. One Mexican gentleman loved it, and uh, I pulled up to a curb, and he took one step closer to me on my bike, and he goes, sex. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> really more of a song that we created together. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard to ride away from somebody when you collaborate like that. <laughs> My mom is um, very uncomfortable with anything sexual. You know, I think it's because she's a virgin. It's just like, Whoa. 
Yet she will constantly uh, make inadvertent sexual innuendo. Like if we're going through the Dairy Queen, I'm getting a Reese's Cup Blizzard, and she's going to order, and she says, um, yes, I'll take a, a penis brittle part. Excuse me. You know? I'm like, Mom, you may need a penis whether it's brittle or not. You know? So she knows how much I enjoy the word boner, silly word. And so on Halloween this year, um, she sent me a card that said Happy Halloween with a little skeleton on the front of it. And it had, it, it had written in it, um, Happy Halloween, Bon Appetit. <laughs> and then you open it up, and my mom had written in, Or Boner Appetit to you. <laughs> and you just told your daughter she's got an appetite for boners. <laughs> and while I do, <laughs> I never finish them. <laughs> Thank you guys. been great. Cameron! That's telling! Thank God she's got that appetite for boners. Good thing one of us does. I don't know. It's just like some stupid gay joke. I don't know. I'm 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 sorry. I I just feel like I need to constantly remind you. You know what I mean? I don't feel judged by you. I don't, and I'm not, and I don't. But I feel like I want you to know. You know what I mean? I don't want you to relax for a second. I think that I might be one of you. This is a mostly gay audience, right? <laughs> That's not ever true. Except for at like one bar in uh, West Hollywood where they might have a stand-up comedy show and then those people are too drunk to listen to you. <laughs> I'm not saying that gays have a problem with alcohol. I'm saying that gay comedy shows are usually in bars where a lot of alcohol is served. And don't you forget what I said, the distinction there. Okay, great, we're doing great. Just a lot of teaching moments. It's been a great show, and it's going to continue to be a great show. This next comic, he is also in from New York. I'm really excited. I've literally never seen him do stand-up comedy, so I'm excited to see it right now. Let's hear it right now Mr. Greg Barris. Guys, give it up for him. Come on! Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be around. If you guys play your cards right, this right here, this could be anybody. Anybody here? Just keep it going. Keep it up. Keep it up. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be alive, right? Um, it's nice. Thank you. And uh, it's good to feel good. It's good to feel good. It's good to be proud. Nothing wrong with being proud. I'm proud. And uh, okay. And uh, here I'm here from New York City. A lot of people in LA like to boo that. You know, a lot of people like to boo. Like boo. You're from New York. What do you? You know, and it's like, you know, I am here from New York. I work very hard for the money for the plane ticket to come here. And I sleep on the couches every night. And it's cold in that night. And not a lot of sheets to perform for you. Boo! <laughs> Feels good. Feels good. Um, I like coming out here to L.A. because of the sunshine. You know, sunshine's important. Right? Okay. And I like to tan my body in the sun. Uh, you guys, I guess, know. That already about me. And I like to get my skin out there because I like it when the sun kisses, kisses my skin. 
and uh, so I like to tan. I like to tan. I get a little shy about the core. My core, the core is big out here, right? <laughs> get a little shy about it. And so usually when I do tan, I wear this whole outfit. And uh, so, but my arms and hands are getting super dark. You know, they're so dark. And uh, but my body is really pasty white. You know. So I was just going to share. Everyone else was sharing, so I was going to share something um, personal about me. Like something that I've been doing with my tan in the uh, shower is uh, what I like to do is I like to pretend that my, well, like my body, my baddie is, uh, because it's so pasty, is like a wealthy sort of um, socialite, like 1600s socialite. Uh, like 42 year old kind of um, kind of chubby uh, kind of chubby woman and then what I like to do is pretend that my dark arms and hands are like sort of a young um, <laughs> kind of like a young tanned farm boy like oh mm. <laughs> Your hands are so <laughs> Your hands are so soft. <laughs> I <laughs> I have to tend to the cramps. <laughs> and my roommates will get upset with me, you know, because I take my time in there because it's really my time, right? And uh like, you've been cleaning yourself all day. What are you doing in there? You cannot stop our love. It may be forbidden, but it's too powerful. I like to do this during that joke because it makes it seem like maybe there's somebody else up here with me. <laughs> but it's just me up here. Just me all by myself. I recently learned there's a fine line between depositing money at the bank and being drunk at the bank. There's a similar line between consoling a loved one at a funeral and having your dick out at a funeral. <laughs> I, am, I am kind of an anxious guy. I know that on the outside I seem like a, like a calm, cool, collected, intelligent, athletic, semi-athletic kind of uh, street wizard, but um, I get anxious. I'm a, sometimes on the inside I'm an ocean of emotion. And then, uh, you know, like, uh, mostly when it comes to, like, trying to, like, hit on a girl or something, you know, like, I, I get, uh, I get like, really mumbly and, like, a little awkward. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, so, but I have a couple moves that I've been working on. Like, if I get myself real pumped up, this is, like, a move I'll do. Like, I'm, I'm sober. I haven't, uh, I don't drink booze. Well, I did have a little bit of booze at a wedding. I guess I'm not sober anymore. Kind of sober. <laughs> And uh, so I'm, I'm at, I did a show, and there was this girl at this bar, and I was, uh, if I get myself kind of pumped up, like, I'll, I'll, like, you could hit on the girl, Greg, you could do it on the girl, hit on the girl, say something funny, say something funny. <laughs> and then, uh, so you guys will be the girl, and then I'll be me, and I'll do the move. It's kind of walk by, it's subtle, it's like a subtle walk by move, you know, if I get myself pumped up, it'll be something like this, like, I don't <laughs> So I threw that out there, I didn't get anything back, you know. My new move, because I'm sober, is I'll wait till like 3.30 in the morning in New York when everyone's just hammered. 
and uh, I'll go to a bar, and I'll try to find like a couple where the guy kind of looks like me. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Now, I know I said Greg is from New York. He's here in uh, Los Angeles, and if you are here on the 3rd, on March 3rd, he's got a show at CineFamily, which is Heart of Darkness. That's his New York show. It's in Los Angeles just on the 3rd. So if you guys are here, or podcast audience, if you're here, go to that show. That's a hilarious dude. Okay, great. Oh, wow. I just forgot who's next, but I shouldn't... This is ridiculous. It's literally ridiculous that I forgot who's next. Um, it's weird because we never uh, I do perform a lot with this next comic it's a little bit strange because I feel like I never know whether or not to cover this but I'm going to go ahead and cover it just because you know, I wonder, you're probably going to be like oh, I think there's a, like, I'm just going to go ahead and say it out top uh, this next performer uh, I, I know her very well we are girlfriends we are uh, homosexual girlfriends yes she's also an amazing comic she moved here from Chicago uh, very recently and uh, we're going to give her a warm welcome to put your hands together. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear for Miss Rhea Butcher. Give it up for Rhea. Thanks, you guys. You guys, give it up for Cameron one more time. Yeah. Sounds good. It's a great show, right? It's a fantastic show. It's about to get a little bit better. Yeah. My name is Rhea Butcher. It's not a fake name. Funny because it's true, I am butcher than you. I'm a lifetime vegetarian. I've been living with the last name Butcher, living with that irony my entire life. But not a lot of iron in my diet. I, uh, I don't know if you guys can tell by this, uh, this rock-a-doodle haircut. And uh, this off-duty lesbian tractor mechanic outfit I've got going on. But... Uh, I get into some gender confusion situations from time to time. Uh, one of the places that that happens the most often is the women's restroom. It's always sort of been my nom. I get a little shaky every time I have to go in there. You used to vote me out, but I went into the bathroom at Target. I was shopping at Target, went, went into the women's restroom, started getting a hairy eyeball from a lady. She started staring me down. And I looked at her... And she was trying to get her cart into the stall with her. And I was like, no, this one's on you. I'm not the one trying to get the wrong thing in here. You are. Took me a really long time to come out uh, to my parents, mostly my dad, because uh, I don't have a great relationship with my dad. My parents have been divorced my whole life. I was born in August of 1982, and they were divorced in September of 1982. Like to think I had a little hand in that. <laughs> a little tiny baby hand. You're welcome, Mom. Also an only child. Are there any only children here? Yes. We are not alone. Feels good. It's pretty awesome to be an only child because I didn't have to share my He-Mans or my She-Ras. But there is a genre of toys that's a little rough as an only child. And that's uh, board games. I'd like to share with you guys my top three worst board games for being an only child. Number three, Hungry Hungry Hippos. 
I win. <laughs> Number two, Twister. <laughs> I win again. The number one worst board game for being an only child is Don't Wake Daddy, because he doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> My runner-up game is a Clue, because it was me right here. <laughs> I'm also from Ohio, uh, which I like to call the thinking man's Indiana. come from a long line of hillbillies. Uh, you know that phrase, shooting fish in a barrel? I've done that. <laughs> Certainly have. But I moved to Chicago after Ohio and uh, lived there for a while. I actually moved here from Chicago, so I know Beth, obviously Cameron. And I used to ride my bike every, does anybody ride their bike here? Because it's not a super, yes, awesome, that's fantastic. I have, I am very scared of it in Los Angeles, but I used to ride my bike uh, all over Chicago every day to work. And uh, on a long enough timeline, you're just gonna get in an accident. And I did. <laughs> Flipped right over my handlebars. Ripped my face clean off, popped it back on. <laughs> on. But I also broke two ribs. And if you've ever broken two ribs, or any ribs, there's nothing you can do for it. You just have to wait it out. And I did that. I'm here to tell you that I made it to the end <laughs> of Netflix. <laughs> There's not a lot there. Just some TED Talks about grass. <laughs> Tons of meth documentaries. I've been Rhea Butcher, you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> guys, Rhea Butcher, let's hear it for her. <laughs> so Rhea has a new uh, show coming up on Monday nights, the first and third Monday of every month at the Hayworth Theater. It's called That's Rad. You should check that out. We also had her do a little short set tonight because I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have her back, you know, sporadically. She's been producing the show for us this whole time. You guys don't know that, but she's been running our light and making it all happen. She's, like, running around here and, like, hands me things and makes the show happen. So it's amazing that she actually uh, did some jokes and uh, also killed. She murdered your faces. Very funny lady. Yes! All right, guys. We have two final comics tonight, and I swear to you, they, couldn't, I could, they could not be better. I couldn't be happier about the, the final two comics on this show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, very funny man, Mr. Rory Scovel. Give it up for Rory. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Let's get into it. Not a lot of time. Let's talk about Christ. <laughs> Oh, I sing that, because that's how... I just have fun, you know. Let's talk about Christ. Do that. Do that. That's what I hate about Facebook. You can't convey that in a status update. Everyone thinks you're being funny. You're being ironic. I want to talk about Christ! Parentheses. Hey, sing this when you read this. Nobody will do it. Nobody will do it. I have a feedback page. Oh, Jesus. What the fuck is that? You were just gonna let that happen the whole time? 
watch the whole show? What is that? I was in the bathroom. Shitting. Sorry. Good Lord. People need to wise up in this room. This is bullshit what's going on in here. You think I don't know? Think I haven't been in the back listening to all the goddamn 9-11 jokes? It's bullshit what's going on up here. It's fucking bullshit. Yes, I'm a cool preacher who curses. Think I don't feel bad about it later? Yes, I do. I feel like shit. People always say it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And I'll tell you what, I kind of wish it was Steve, because I bet he wouldn't have been so dumb to talk to his snake. Am I right, dudes? Where are my dudes at? Where are my dudes at? Women are dumb! It's right there in the Bible! Good Lord, Eve, do a little bit of research. Hell! Do the other animals talk? They don't. Well, then something's up, girl. Something's up. Steve wouldn't have fell for that. Steve would be like, what's that talking snake? You get! You get! You get out of there! You get! Sha! Steve had a whip. Bible tells us that. Genesis 11 through 7 through 10. I can't the Bible just have page numbers. It's cocky. You want to turn to this page, you got to know the chapter and the line and the letter and the... Get! That's how solid the get thing is. I lost everyone for a second. Get! Half the crowd. We're back in. You put that get thing in there, I'm in. Adam, the snakes can talk. This is how uh, Steve would talk. Adam! Adam! You want to toss around a couple things? You want to toss around an object? Even in history, men loved football. They didn't know what it was, but they knew. They knew in their heart they wanted to toss something to someone. It's, we're men, you know? We're crazy. We're crazy. We're fun. We got big hearts. Can I say that? Am I allowed to say that, ladies? Men, we got big hearts. All right. This is shitty, hacky guy trying to win you back with that kind of playful banter bullshit. Am I right, dudes? Can we talk about how big our hearts are? You have to walk like this if that's your voice. People listening on the podcast are like, I can't see it. But you know what? Feel it. If you're listening on the podcast right now, I want you to feel what you think this guy probably walks like. Can I talk about the dudes for a second? Now, we got big hearts and hell, you know we do. I bet you everyone pictures that appropriately. I see it. I see it. And I feel it. in Salt Lake City not too long ago. Yes, someone asked me before the show, please talk about where you've been. <laughs> you got it. You got fucking, you don't, I don't know the biz. I know how you make it in this industry. Talk about where you've been. Talk about what you've seen. <laughs> I was recently in Salt Lake City, one of the whitest cities in the world. I'm willing to go world. I used to say country, and then I was like, you know what? I bet the world. <laughs> I'm willing to bet the world. There are 12 black people in Salt Lake City. They all play for the Utah Jazz. Play for the Utah Jazz. 
getting the light at the racial part of my sex <laughs> tends to happen. <laughs> Get out! Super white. I feel like if Hitler could have seen footage of Salt Lake City today, he would have been like, guys, this is bad. This is wrong. Only white. It's creepy. It's creepy. Stop it. Salt Lake City. Jesus. <laughs> How are we going to get more white people to live here? We'll go across the country on bicycles and we'll, we'll wear ties and we'll go door to door and we'll ask people if they want to talk about Christ. People go. Hi, do you like creepy temples? Come on down to Salt Lake City. Guys, guys, guys. I realize everyone's like, look, either we don't like this joke or we think you've gone too far. I have no choice but to continue to talk about this. I have no choice. I'm not joking. A lot of people think, oh, you just write stuff and you go on stage. Some of these producers kidnap our fucking families! You can do it! Let's talk about Christ! I got the light. I need to get out of here. I don't have an ending to the Salt Lake City thing. No, no, no. I do. I do. But I realized everybody hates, hates it. I don't know if I'm going to see my goddamn family again. I kind of want to end on something if someone's listening to the podcast. When does the podcast go out? How delicate was that? A few days from now. It sounded so safe. Everyone's like, good. good. Too much longer, and who knows where we'd be. It'd be a few days from now. So if you're listening to this, I want you to know you're already inside a few days. You made it. We're in the past. We don't know if we're going to be there. You're in the future. You made it. If you're hearing this, we're all dead. We all got killed after this show. So good for you. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Yeah, as soon as I slid into the end of that joke, I was like, oh, shit, I don't. Yeah, you gotta just I was like, is there more to that? In my head, I prayed in my head for once. I was like, I hope there's more. I quickly um, reminded myself. That was the end of the you show. know, I think that uh, I like the professional handling of just like, no, at this point, because everybody's doing, well, oh, by the way, right now we're currently oh, yeah, recording. Yeah, right. um, because everybody's doing like, I mean, like Rhea and Mike did five. You right, know, right, so it's right, like, right. or seven is the, or, you know, anyway. It's, but, yeah. it's a really tight ship. It's yeah, a tight yeah, ass yeah. ship. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to ask you about what's going on with your show. Yes. Talk to me about, so just tell me what, where are you at right now? Um, we we sold the show in September to uh, ABC, and now it's in that process of them deciding if they want to shoot it, shoot the pilot. Right. So we just kind of wait, and now it's like a midsummer, or not a midsummer, but you know, actually, yeah, probably midsummer. So you sold the show. Um, the, was it? Are you the sole writer, or is there? No, no, no. It's uh, another guy, Scott Martyr, um, who's uh, we kind of worked on it together. It was. A, it's kind of about his parents. 
and sort of I would be a weird version of him who kind of moves back home. Yeah. So we kind of put the idea together off of his like initial idea, and then he, once they bought it, he went away. I might put this right over here real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just only because I feel like... No, never mind. That's actually worse. Hang on. This way. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, he then went off and, and wrote it and put it together, and now we're... They've got it, and it's been punched up, and it's been... Like, notes have been taken, and now we're just waiting to see... Um, if they're going to do it or not. Have you ever gotten this far in the no. process before? No, it's so surreal. It's really cool because I never, I don't have any, I, don't, I didn't have any expectation of actually getting this far, especially with like writing something because yeah. I just auditioned for stuff and right. I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I'll get something like through acting. But to actually kind of put an idea together and go in and pitch it and have them buy it is very super new to me. Like at first time and doing something like that. It's really cool. It's a cool Right. Thing and to also, learn I mean, from, obviously sure. we're, it's going to go really well, and you're going to shoot it, and it's going to be a wildly successful that would show. Be but fantastic. even if it isn't, to have gone this far through the, it, it just feels like it could only be good news. It You've already made it to this point where now you know how to do this. At For least, sure, and yeah, yeah. As far as great getting the, the like education of how it works and what steps to like try to get there, and the discipline it takes to get there, especially yeah. something I learned through working with Scott. Like that was great to collaborate with someone who is a writer that I could be like, oh, that's like what it takes and that's yeah. how you put something together um, for sure going forward I will definitely where did you start doing stand up in DC in DC and when yeah. did you move out here I moved here about two years ago so I feel like that is ago. and maybe maybe I'm wrong I don't know what DC is like for as a stand up scene but I feel like mm. definitely coming up in Chicago all of that's like you don't even realize you could be a writer you don't even realize that's a job like it's in DC live for sure. performance you know that's that's what it is and yeah. so you come out here and then learn how to like Okay, so writing is a thing, and then you have to put together a show and how that... Totally. A- Absolutely. And it's so... Because uh, starting in D.C. and then moving to New York, I never was in that mindset. It was never something yeah. I thought about. All right. I thought about was, like what you just said, yeah. it's all like stage and the show and these jokes that you're writing. You kind of don't look outside of that one lane you're in. You don't even realize that there is a mechanism that c- that you could use if, right. if that happened to be something you want to do. Right, and that there are options. Like, oh, shit, figuring out. this is actually just all around. And not that, like... It's easy, but just that it's even available. Absolutely. Was surprising to me moving here. Absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and, it, and it's weird because you think oh, that availability, you're like, I've kind of seen it all. I get that. I get, even through friends, like, doing well. Like, I already kind of see what can happen. And yeah. still, like, it's very surprising just how it moves and what it is as a, as a business. It's so what cool. is it? Do you know what the show is called? Or what uh, it called? would be called Big Children. Big Children. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So this, when people... When Big Children is on the air and wildly successful, we could go back to this interview and just... Oh, yes. It'll be like this kind of... It's like, oh, man, remember <laughs> I mean, when he didn't know? Like, what I love know, is the kind of set beautiful. I just did and then the seriousness I took on with explaining this idea. It's such a sharp <laughs> No, but it's podcast. great. People love to see... People love to hear that. Actually, that's something people have loved about the show. Anyway, thank oh, you, nice, Rory. Nice. You're awesome. Thank you. And, You're uh, awesome. I appreciate it. Rory Scoble, guys. Please keep it going for Rory Scoble. Our final performer tonight is not so much a comic as a boss. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please, you can really lose your mind. This is it. This is the end of the show, so you can really go nuts. Uh, Please welcome the stage to the Cake Boss. Thank you for the claps, everybody. I feel like you're laughing at me, not treating me with dignity and respect. I'm the boss of cakes. 
cannot imagine that most people have a season pass do not delete to my show on the learning channel called The Cake Boss, eponymous title. Look it up. On this show, it's a reality type show where what happens is 100% real. They go into my cake kitchen, you know it as a bakery, industry terms. They follow the crazy exploits of me and my cake crew as we make these cakes, elaborate cakes. This is not cakes you find at the supermarket because you're a divorced dad and you just remembered it's your son's birthday. Uh-uh, Don Draper. These are elaborate cakes. They look like a building or like a working fire hydrant or like a, a, a crazy monster that you had from a dream. It happens more than you think. People ask for crazy monsters from the dreams. Well, guess what? Turns out not everybody is a wonderful sketch artist. Those doodles are terrible. Then they get mad at me. Cake balls, you put his horns where his eyeballs should be. How am I supposed to know it's your dream? Stop talking during my origin story. So... What happens is, these people want these elaborate cakes, and I'm happy to make them, because that's my calling in life. Everybody has a vocation. But the problem is, these people, they don't give me enough time to make these elaborate cakes. People are like, cake boss, uh, I need a cake for my daughter's quinceanera. And I say, well, when do you need it by? And they say, well, she turns 15 uh, in, a, in a year and two months. And I'm like, oh, crotch of a bell, if only you give me a year, two months, and two days. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, so that's what you see on the show. But I'm going to share with you some things that you don't see on the show. For each stage. This happened to me. It's a terrible thing, but I've learned to live with it. I was making a cake under the gun for time, like always. And maybe I was moving a little too hurriedly. Haste makes waste, ladies and gentlemen. Well, long story short, it's actually not that long of a story. It's contained within the story that I'm telling. I knocked over a bag of flour. I realized I didn't have to say long story short. It's just the detail of the story I'm currently telling. So, it's not even a sidebar. So, <laughs> I knock over this bag of flour, and guess what happens? As I'm trying to clean up the flour, I get bit by a cake bug. I forgot, you're not cake bakers. You don't know what a cake bug is. It's a special kind of bug that's only found in cake kitchens. And what usually happens is uh, cake bakers and cake bugs, they're friends, they have an uneasy alliance. <laughs> of course, you don't want to have a disgusting bug in your kitchen because you get an F. <laughs> but then also, the cake bugs, they're good for the bakery because uh, they ward off predators. <laughs> That's right. Like jaguars. <laughs> they're very fast and they love cake. So, since I startled this cake bug, he bit me on the hand. And he poured into me his disgusting cake bug venom. 
which if it enters a human's bloodstream, it endows that human being with a gift forward slash curse of the second sight. That's right, so now I can see the future. I don't even want to. But it's a thing I've been saddled with. But look, I try to make lemons into lemonade. Food terms. A little outside of my realm, but uh, you know, you pick up some things here or there at the food trade, my friend. So here's what I do. I come down to where nice people are, or here, and I, I will, uh, I'll let people ask me questions about the future, and then I go into my magical trench, and then I foretell your future, just like a gypsy. I understand you're not allowed to say that word anymore. I'm so sorry. Blame it on old movies that I watched as a kid when I had the Scarlet Fever. Why did they burn my velveteen rabbit? Oh, my old... That's right, it was based on a true story. <laughs> so, okay, if anybody here at Audience has a question for Cake Boss about the future, it could be about anything, your personal future, or somebody else's future, or the future of the planet Earth. You could go far into the future as you want, or as, uh, as, uh, not as far as next week. I couldn't think of the opposite of far. <laughs> In future terms, I know that close is the opposite of far. I know that. But you wouldn't say close in the future. Oh, maybe you would now that I think about it. Maybe I needed to say it out loud. So, all right. Does anybody have a question for the cake boss about the future? Ooh, this guy's right on top of things. Like I barely got it out. Well, okay, you had your hand in the home row position for question asking. Uh, typing. So, uh, what would you like to know about the future from the cake boss? I'm not finished asking the question! Which I will then tell you. Okay, go ahead. Cake boss. Cake boss. <laughs> I don't know why that merits applause. Please continue. I, we can't both talk at the same time, son. <laughs> Who will be the next pope? Who timely? <laughs> All right. Who will be the next pope? Let me go into my trench. <laughs> in my trench. I am pushing back the veil of years. Not years, because they gotta wrap this up pretty soon, this post-selection process, so. But no, I spoke uh, the right thing. It takes years from now. That's right, there's a bit of a problem already. This story is getting pretty hot. <laughs> Planet Earth is popeless for a number of years. Things descend into not chaos, but some people are affected by it and they're a little put out. People are using condoms like nobody's business. First they ask, anybody gonna stop me from doing this? They get no reply from the Vatican, so they're like, all right. People are taking the Lord's name in vain. It is crazy. Someone bore false witness against the neighbor. Somebody chewed up a host. They didn't they just let it dissolve on the tongue. Eventually, uh, the conclave of condos. <laughs> They're going at it for so long, they break down and start families so they can breed the next generation of condos. 
because everybody stops being a condo because without the Pope around, everybody could say, those outfits are ridiculous. So many layers. Why would you do that to yourself? So now it's a whole, it's generations of condo babies. Uh, they're having, condo babies having condo babies. It's a shame for the, for the neighborhood of the Vatican. So eventually, everybody, all the condos, <laughs> I don't know how this is possible, they inbreed so much <laughs> that they end up breeding a, a strain of cardinals that is very poor at making decisions for a modern world. <laughs> and so they finally picked that pope. It turns out to be the devil! <laughs> the most unpopular pope in pope history! More people are on board than you think, but still. <laughs> the devil. They, everybody's afraid, like, oh, no, what's the devil going to do? He's going to make us have sex with animals. The slippery slope. <laughs> but guess what? The devil doubles down on all the Pope nonsense. <laughs> and now people have to dress up for church again. And everybody stops being a Catholic at the end. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, sure. Why not? for that eerie foretelling. It deserves an applause. Does anybody else have a, a question for the cake boss about the future? What, what, we're yelling out like we're at some uh, medieval uh, fair or something. What, are you holding a turkey leg? This is the guy who was cheering so hard for the, the return of the female Bush earlier. Like, way more vocal about it than anyone in the audience. Yes, Larry Flint, what is your question? How long will it be until we have an entirely cake-based world economy? So this is the thing that you are certain is going to happen. You would just like to know when. Fair enough. I'm still in my trench. I understand that was pretty conversational. All right. Looking far, far into the future. Oh, it's a month from now. This is sooner than I thought. Good news for the cake ball. Here's what happens. People get so upset about the Oscars arguing back and forth about this dumb show nobody should care about or take seriously. People are spending more and more money on the bandwidth to argue online. Eventually, money stops having a meaning. People don't know what it is anymore because everybody's broke. Finally, somebody says, maybe the president says, hey, everybody likes cake, right? Even more than gold. <laughs> Everyone agrees this is true. The first timid steps are taken towards exchanging cake for goods and services. It gets a little weird when you're trying to buy a cake. Everybody just stands there looking at each other until one person decides to either accept a different cake or take a different cake. Oh, and it turns out uh, it makes the world a better place. So we got that to look forward to. Okay. Does anybody else have a final question? Yes, I see. I'm getting the light. Or is that a spirit from the nether realms? It was a phone. Yes, this gentleman very politely asking his question with his hand raised and his sweater button. Yes. What is going to happen to you after you leave the show? I repeated in a trench voice for the home listener. 
this gentleman, whose name is probably Stephen, he walks out of it. Am I right? Was I close with him? Well, I'm not a mind reader. I just see the future. <laughs> I did not make any false claims. You are not entitled to a refund. <laughs> this guy is so distinctive in his glasses and beard. <laughs> amongst this crowd. <laughs> I forgot, also wearing a cardigan over a t-shirt. So now you know who I'm talking about. So, <laughs> this iconoclash, he walked out <laughs> into the world. Instantly, people are like, who's that guy? Where did he come from, the future? <laughs> he, he goes... He goes to get a little drink at Franklin and Company, the bar next door. He thinks it's gonna be like a TGI Friday with that name. There's gonna be fun uh, road signs and uh, sleds on the wall and stuff like that. He's distressed to find it's a sort of a mid-scale gastropub. <laughs> he sees that there's a vegetarian shepherd's pie on the menu. He's very confused. He starts banging on the table. Bray, where is Guy Fieri? I need him. <laughs> this is, no one knew, he listens to him, so he says it again. Where is Guy Fieri? I need him. Oh, Bajama Bell, he says it a third time. This is the magic symbol for Guy Fieri to appear. <laughs> a puff of smoke, eldritch flames. There is Guy Fieri. Who summons Fieri to the mortal plane? This guy says, it's me. And uh, <laughs> Guy Fieri says, what's going on, Weezer? And then... Uh, <laughs> this young gentleman says, uh, Guy Fieri, uh, now that I've trapped you, you must grant me three wishes. What? I can't believe what I'm seeing in the future. Guy Fieri says, all right. Uh, I, I abide by your terms. First wish. <laughs> the guy. Oh boy. I feel like the future has painted me into a corner with this. <laughs> guy says, first wish. I wish death on Mumford and Sons. <laughs> guy Fieri says, done. God, they, they die in a vest accident. Wish number two, I wish for a hundred more wishes. Guy Fieri says, usually people save that for the end, and it's not allowed anyway. Ugh. All right, mutual respect. The guy says, wish number two, I wish that people would stop trying to get me to go see Django Unchained. I know I'm not going to like it. I don't care what people say. Guy Fieri says, your wish is granted. You have your own mind. Congratulations. Wish number three, Guy Fieri says. The guy says, I know, I know Guy Fieri. They're having a bit of a spat now. The guy says, Guy Fieri. <laughs> Obviously, Guy Fieri, this wish has to be really good and satisfying. <laughs> or else it will be awkward for the both of us. <laughs> guy Fieri says, oh, I know. <laughs> the guy... The guy says, uh, Guy Fieri. Cool.
would you make the world over in my image? An image where <laughs> the cake is currency and the devil himself runs the church? <laughs> Guy Vieri says, just sit tight. It's gonna happen anyway. All right, now I'm coming back out of my dress. All right, that's it. You welcome everybody for the gift of the future. I'll see you on the learning channel. Guys, one more time for the cake boss, Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. You can hear more from Paul on the Pod F. Tomcast, or you can even see him do the Cake Boss on uh, Comedy Bang Bang on IFC, which is a television show, and used to be this show, which means that perhaps someday I'll have a television show where Paul F. Tompkins still just does the Cake Boss. Like, best case scenario. Guys, what a, what a great show this has been. I want to hear for all the performers. show. What a great lineup. I couldn't be happier. Thank you so much for coming out to the UCB. I'm Cameron Esposito. You can follow us on, at, at, on Twitter at, at PYHT Show. Please do that or follow me at Cameron Esposito and I will tweet out the lineups so you can check in with all of our comics. Have a great night. See you next week. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.